You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Glenn Naughton, Dylan Terriman, and Alex Varallo. Good evening, Jets fans. I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and by us, I mean me. This will be a solo effort. Uh, some some more work issues between myself, Dylan, Alex. Uh, sometimes it's crazy, folks, trying to get three folks lined up at the same time. Sometimes it runs smoothly. Other times uh, it, it gets a little bit nuts. Unfortunately, we couldn't do a show last night. Uh, and, and tonight was kind of up in the air, too. So I just said, look, uh, since we're not sure who can do what, when, let me hop on, do a quick episode. This will be a quick episode, but uh, some stuff we definitely wanted to cover. We're primarily the, the goal was to cover the the defensive draft picks. We already went over the offensive guys last week and the undrafted free agents. But first, a quick note on the schedule news. As I'm sure you've heard by now, two two big big uh, newsmakers on the, uh, as far as Jets fans are concerned, Sam Darnold. We'll get his chance uh, at a little bit, a little bit of revenge against the Jets, Week One in Carolina. I don't know who's planning on going. I've already contacted some folks I know in the area because I would love to go, but uh, I don't know how realistic that is. With uh, who know, who the heck knows what what travel restrictions and and all of that will exist uh, a few months from now. Um, and really, if you have a chance to come out to the states to to catch a Jets game and you're coming from overseas. My preference would be to check out one or two home games. So I might go late in the year. I think they have some back-to-back games out there. And uh, the other big story, uh, schedule-wise, the Jets are coming out this way, coming out to London, take on the Falcons, week four, week five, whatever it is, October 10th, I believe. Uh, I will be at that game. I don't know what it's going to cost me, and I don't care. This is the type of thing that happens once, you know, it, I, I lasted it, what, 2015? So you might get to see your team every four, five, six years out here. So I plan on attending that. Jets do not lose a home game. That is a Falcons home game being played at Spurs, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. So I'm looking forward to that one. Those are the two big ones. Nothing else official is out. A couple stories have, have leaked. A couple, uh, I saw a leaked schedule. As a matter of fact, Dylan, I'm not even sure the source, Dylan sent me what is what claims to be a real schedule. I don't even know if it's worth going over because it's not confirmed. Um, and you know, every year it seems a couple people will, will leak fake stuff like that, uh, on Twitter to, to kind of get some mentions. So, uh, we'll, we'll wait for the official schedule till we discuss that. Uh, so this will be a rapid fire review, uh, just kind of my takes, you know, the, the, the guys will get to weigh in next week on how they feel about the, the remainder of these picks that we didn't cover last week, as well as the UDFAs. Some of these guys, listen, especially the UDFAs. Some of them play at small schools. Some of them play at schools where there's not a ton of their games online. So it's really hard to, to watch. You know, as I say, I like to watch, you know, two to four games on each guy. Um, especially like, like if a guy really stands out and I feel like you can pick out his traits really well in, in two games, I'll do that. If a guy's not really jumping out and you need to dig a little deeper, I'll try to do four. Um, so I've watched a co- at least a couple of games on each guy they picked up, um, as well as, of course, the draft picks. Um, so without further ado... Last week, we talked about Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, and Michael Carter. 
who were the top four picks all on offense. And then it was defense, defense, defense for the rest of the way. Uh, Jamie and Sherwood out of Auburn, a safety, a guy who is the Jets. The Jets took a couple of safeties in this class who, you know, we expect to be moved to linebacker. Sherwood is one of them. Sherwood is going to be more of, I would expect from what I see on film, for him to be more of a coverage guy. He's not a, he's not a you know, uh, hair on fire, screaming downhill, blow guys up type of linebacker, which was a little bit surprising to me only because when you, when you tell me safety converting to linebacker for Robert Sala, I'm expecting you know, that type of guy, which he isn't. He is more of a, an off-ball coverage guy. So I think that'll be his role with the Jets, and I think he'll fill that well given his skill set. Next up was Michael Carter, the second Michael Carter of the draft, which was funny for about three seconds. Now it's way overplayed. Um, I get it. They drafted two guys, same name, hilarious. And, I mean, one of them is literally called Michael Carter the second, And everyone's like, what are they going to call the other guy? What are they, how are they going to know the difference? What are they going to call him? How about Michael Carter or Michael Carter II? How about just call him by his name? Or, you know, by, you know, adding on the fact that he is a second, a second Michael Carter in his family. Weird, weird thing, but getting way too much conversation. So Michael Carter the second cornerback out of Duke, uh, super athletic, super speedy guy uh, who has some positional versatility. I would expect to see him in a slot. I would expect to see him play a little bit of safety. Uh, uh, Coach Sala said as much in his, his post-draft presser that, you know, that's one of the things they really liked about him. Uh, Jason Pinnock was next, corner out of Pitt, uh, bigger guy, not a big name guy, didn't really hear, um, didn't really hear his name a lot leading up to the draft, looked good in one-on-one coverage, this, again, this is sort of the tough thing, um, when you're not watching the All-22, you know, receivers and corners can be the hardest thing to judge, because oftentimes, if the receiver's not targeted, you're not seeing his whole route, um, and if the corner, same, same with the corner. Um, these guys can go downfield and they're only targeted a few times a game. You only really get a, a sort of one-on-one, a cam, an ISO cam on them, showing them, you know, showing them moves. So you can get the first half of the route, the first third of it, a little bit tougher. But uh, the the good thing with Pinnock was that his numbers, uh, the PFF had some really good numbers on him in terms of his completion percentage allowed, red zone completion percentage allowed. He's done some really good things there at Pitt. And let's face it, on this defense, this guy's going to have a chance to start um, it, you know, if he shows anything, because uh, bless Austin, I don't think I don't you know, wasn't picked by this regime and hasn't been all that good. So if their guy outplays the old guy, I think I think bless Austin becomes the odd man out. Uh, Hamza Nasruddin, this is a guy that uh, a lot of people felt was draftable, had a draftable grade. Another safety, he's out of FSU. He will convert to linebacker. He is more of the downhill attacking style player that I would expect in a player you're going to move to linebacker for Robert Sala. And uh, look, he put on some gaudy numbers at FSU. Uh, has, you know, has a big hit show up on film. Played, uh, who, who did they play? I think it was Michigan, I want to say. Michigan or Rutgers, I forget which one. He had uh, 22 tackles in one game against them. So he's looked, uh, he's looked really good at times. Long, rangy guy. He, he, to me, more so than Sherwood, when I watch him, and I try to picture him playing linebacker, it's, it's a much nicer fit um, in my mind. Uh, that brings us to Brandon Eccles, the cornerback out of Kentucky. Another, another guy, very athletic, very fast. The Jets are supposedly high on the idea of getting a look at him at nickel. So we'll see how that pans out. And then, of course, Jonathan Marshall, who, if you're following me on Twitter, um, you'll see that he, is, he has done some incredible things at Arkansas. He's a guy, I understand, defensive line, interior defensive line. Unless you're, you know, an absolute superstar, 
you tend to go late. But uh, I, I just watched this guy on film, and it, it doesn't add up. He does not look like a seventh-round talent. The guy's consistently beating double teams, uh, you know, pressuring the quarterback, blowing up run plays in the backfield. It's, adding this guy as a seventh-rounder to this defensive line, I think could be end up could end up being the biggest deal of the of the draft in terms of guys who were who were picked. Uh, the reason I say guys who were picked is because we're going to head to the UDFAs now, the undrafted free agents, and there are a few guys on this list who myself and many others expected to be drafted and were not, and the Jets landed them um, along with some other lesser known guys who the Jets apparently like quite a bit. Um, Kenny Yaboa tops it off because he's a guy I tweeted out a little bit during the season, really liked him as a late-round guy. I said as much. I said, you know, here's a guy that could be good value on day three. Jets ended up getting him after day three as an undrafted free agent out of Ole Miss. Uh, doesn't – I see a lot of, oh, he can't block, he can't block. He, he's not a punishing blocker, but the guy's he's a solid blocker. Um, you know, see him lead block on some TD runs. He, he doesn't back down, so he, he's not going to be burying people and putting them on their backs, but – He's an adequate blocker, at least he looks to be, and an athletic guy who can line up outside a little bit. Uh, you know, he's, uh, Ole Miss moved him around in, in the slot, played him out wide from time to time. I think he's going to be the, the cream of the crop in terms of the UDFAs for the Jets. I think Tristan Hoge is going to be next on that list. The center for BYU, look for him to get some work at right guard. He's a guy, it's a familiar face, and as, you know, as I said during the season, if you want to grab one of these other BYU kids on offense, whether it's Hoge or Bushman or or Dax Milne, who was one pick before Mr. Irrelevant. You want to bring some in for a quality player with a draftable grade who, who's a familiar face for Zach Wilson, go for it. Um, and the Jets bring in Tristan Hoge, who does that. Expect him to move to guard. Uh, Helmikar Rashid, he's an Oregon State guy who I tweeted about during the season asking – I actually tweeted some, the, 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 uh, some of the writers up in Oregon State saying, what's with this guy? Why 14 sacks two years ago and zero sacks this year? Which one is the real guy? So if you go watch Hamilcar Rashid, the thing I come away thinking is the 14 sacks a couple years ago was a bit of an aberration because he had a good number of those were, were definitely coverage sacks where he's getting to the quarterback four, five, six seconds after the snap. You're not going to make a living doing that. But he did have some plays where he flashed some pass rush ability. Um, but the biggest thing to me was a much, you know, much better run defender than I expected because the sack numbers are so gaudy and he doesn't go drafted. So I just expect him to be sort of, uh, a one-trick pony. Um, I did watch him during the season, as I said. Didn't watch him extensively. Once the Jets picked him up, I watched, I think, four of his games in full. And I came away thinking, not the explosive edge rusher, I hoped. Like, there's some ability there. Um, but, you know, that's obviously the reason why he didn't get drafted. But uh, he made some really good plays against the run. So he could be sort of a, uh, an all-around guy who can do a little bit of everything. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, let's see. Next, we're going to go with Isaiah Dunn. Uh, uh, Rashid's teammate he's a corner the Jets took who played he, he played the boundary played the outside not a huge guy uh, zero career interceptions so not great ball skills but I did uh, what was it against Stanford he had a couple P, uh, passes broken up against Arizona or Arizona State I watched those games uh, didn't look bad had some decent matchups and a guy the Jets really liked him and Yaboa both get 200,000 from the Jets which is a fairly sizable amount for an undrafted free agent uh, Teton Saltes, uh, New Mexico State offensive lineman. He's a tackle who I would expect to move to guard. Moves really well for a guy his size. Uh, but again, play, playing in New Mexico State, not a ton of film available on him. Sorry, I'm talking a mile a minute, but uh, I'm already, I should sort of be on my way to work this moment. 
and I am not. So I'll, I'll wrap these up. Uh, Chris Nagger, the kicker. Listen, uh, SMU, SMU kicker. He's hit, I think, four for four on 60-plus kicks from 60-plus. Obviously, some talent there. Mustafa Johnson out of Colorado, a guy I mentioned last week as a, a – actually, I, let's take him off. He was a tryout player for camp, so we don't know that he was uh, added to the roster or, or becoming a camp. Uh, Michael Dumfort, Rutgers, Michigan transfer, another interesting guy. Numbers were not – don't jump off the page. Only had a few sacks in his career, but this is why you go back and watch the film. Explosive first step, like not a big guy, so a little bit undersized for the position, but explosive first step. And, and some, some pretty good hands, pretty violent hands. So he's a guy you look at and you think if Robert Sala really is as good as advertised, he might be able to get something out of this guy. Like, he could be a player. He, again, I mean, you talk about an uphill battle with this defensive line. He's probably practice squad at best. But he's a guy who's got some traits that are workable. Uh, Milo Eifler out of Illinois, linebacker, big hitting linebacker, uh, most likely a special teams candidate early on. Parker Ferguson out of the Air Force Academy, offensive lineman. He played tackle at Air Force Academy. Um, it's so tough to grade those guys because Air Force's offense, so often the ball is out in a split second if it's a pass or it's, there's, there's just so much option in there. And what they have the tackles do is just basically dive down inside and, and dive at guys' legs and try to take guys out. And I felt like 80% of his reps were just, you know, ball snap and boom, he's He's, he's reducing inside or, or breaking down inside and diving at, diving at the defender's leg, be it a D lineman, linebacker, whatever it may be. So he's really a tough guy to grade. Uh, Grant Herman's a guy from Purdue, left tackle, big dude, six seven. Watched him pre-draft. Don't expect him to make the roster unless they work some miracles with him. Just wasn't just seemed to lack the coordination um, when I watched him early on. But again, big guy, prototypical size. So maybe they, you know, maybe they they work something with him. But he's he's one of the guys I wouldn't expect to make it. Jordan Peters out of Auburn, another DB with very little ball production. I think he had one career interception, and if I'm not mistaken, it came in his last career game on the last play of the game. So um, a guy who played a few seasons at Auburn didn't have any interceptions. Uh, not a super physical guy, but doesn't back down. He'll take on bigger targets in the run game, and uh, looks to be you know sort of a, a guy, a work in progress in terms of his coverage. And last but not least, Brandon White out of Rutgers. He's another uh, interesting prospect because he's another one of these tweeners. He has a little bit of linebacker in him. He, uh, what was it? I, I think it was, I think he was, was against Michigan that he had, uh, I think a 17 tackle game. I watched that when I posted one uh, to Twitter, one where he, he was, he was lined up at safety, but uh, followed the running back on a, it was either a pitch or a screen outside, I forget, uh, to the left, and he just he he sort of was, was really he looked really fluid in his movements, like like scraping from from side to side, getting around the blocker, and just cutting into the backfield and getting the tackle for loss. Saw a lot of like those type of linebacker traits. Saw a little bit of that from him, uh, and some some the coverage stuff I didn't see a whole lot of, but I looked at him and I thought, you know, again, this is the type of guy I expect when you tell me you're moving to safety to linebacker. Uh, I like the skill set that he showed. And again, the Jets aren't quite as, as you know, the cupboard isn't quite as bare at linebacker as it is at cornerback, but it's not a lot better. So some of these guys who play that position and who do those things, uh, whether it's whether it's White or Eifler, they're going to have a chance. They're going to get a, an extended look to try to make this team. So we'll see how that pans out, how all these guys pan out. And that's going to, uh, I'm going to have to wrap it up from there, folks. Sorry it's such a short one. Uh, hopefully a longer 
uh, conversation next week. So much better, I know, when we have more voices to chip in and multiple perspectives. But, uh, again, real life, a little bit hectic. And, uh, you know, w- work calls. So the guys couldn't make it late last night. I couldn't do it tonight late. So I'm having to do it early right before I walk out the door. So I am out of here for now. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, let's, let's talk Jets schedule next week a little bit more in depth and um, probably get some thoughts from the guys on, uh, on their picks and on the Jets picks and the undrafted free agents and anything else that transpires between now and then. Have a great day, Jets fans. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23, and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets!